0: G'day everybody and welcome to episode 21 of X-Band the Phantom Podcast. This is a much, uh, not so much delayed, but um, a much, okay, yeah, delayed, news and and comics episode. We have a fair bit to cover this episode, so please bear with us. Um, As usual, joining me is Jermaine Parker. How are you, mate?
1: Not bad, mate.
0: Yourself? Yeah, pretty good. Um, Stephen is... I don't know what what he's doing, actually, but he hasn't turned up, so we thought we'd just start without him because we couldn't be bothered waiting, really. We're evil like that. So hopefully hopefully he'll turn up later on, though. Okay, so like I said, we've got a heap of stuff to get through, so um, let's get straight into it. So we'll start, as always, with the news. So the uh, first bit of news since uh, the last episode we did was that the Phantom appeared in uh, one of the Royal Easter show show bags this year. Uh, The Royal Easter Show, of course, being on in Sydney from the 26th of March to the 8th of April. Now, unlike previous years, this wasn't an actual Phantom show bag. What It was um, a comic collector's show bag, which featured heaps and heaps of um, episodes of the Phantom. There were six episodes, uh, sorry, episodes, six issues of the Phantom in in the show bag. Um, There was one which is described as... A, mul- a Phantom Comic multi-issue, which we would assume is one of the probably 100-page specials or something like that. Um, and then there was also a discount amuse- amusement ride voucher. Um, and all that you got for about 8 bucks. Um I didn't actually attend the Easter show, Jermaine. Did you go? No,
1: nah, not yet, mate. Um, when Abby gets a little bit older, I'm sure I'll be going to um, all the royal shows and everything like yeah. that.
0: I suppose um, it'd be a bit of a trek for you too, being in Sydney, seeing you're in Perth. Is there anything in Perth of a similar type of thing? Do you guys...
1: We have, you have the Perth Royal Show, which yep. is later in the year. I think it's like October or something. So I'm assuming we may have it then.
0: Yeah, so you guys might get similar show bags. And yeah. Stuff. Cool. Well, um, yeah, I, I wasn't able to go, so I didn't get it. But from looking at the very small description on the Royalist Show website, I'd say they'd probably just be random through issues. They didn't give any mm. issue number or anything. So, you know, if you missed out on it, I wouldn't get too worried because you've probably got the issues anyway. Um,
1: yeah. From from memory, in the past, it's always been past issues that they, you know, no one didn't buy, so they needed it all um, kind of you know, fill up the, uh, you know, get rid of them and stuff. Um, back in the early 90s, they used to reprint them. Yeah. Uh, and they would have, like, a little near the, instead of next to the M on the Phantom, where they had kind of, like, the year and stuff, it would have, like, promotional reprint, such and such, and yeah. stuff like that.
0: And show bag edition and things like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember there was um, a specific Phantom show bag. This is a fair while ago. Um, that I think was at one of the Melbourne shows. It was Sydney, and then it also appeared at a very small, um, not really a show, but a, a festival, Steam Fest. They have down here in Maitland, so I was able to get one locally, which was really cool. Um, and it had, I think, it had a Phantom comic, a ring, a gun, a plastic cup, and I think there was something else. Oh, the torch, the skull brooch torch, and, as well. And to
1: get I want that, lots of money now.
0: Yes, if you if, if you can find it now complete, it's worth a hell of a lot of money. Of course, when I bought it, I was young, so I played with it, and now the stuff's not worth anything. <laughs> and I stupidly tried to put a hot hot liquid into the plastic mug, and it cracked. But you know, you do that when you're young.
1: I. The plastic mug, I've, I think I've had, like, three or four over my collecting years, and I think only one of them didn't have a plastic uh, a crack in it as well. So maybe it's something that everyone tried to put it, you know, their milo or something in it. Well, you
2: know?
0: I, I have mine somewhere around I, I don't have easy access to it at the moment, but from memory it was fairly cheaply made. Like, it wasn't yeah. like sturdy plastic, so.
1: No, it yeah. wasn't.
0: But still, it's kind of cool if you if you have one in your collection from back in the day.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, so the next bit of news is possibly the most interesting, um, possibly the most exciting that we have, which is Billy Zane possibly working on a Phantom movie um, sequel or reboot. There's no confirmation which of the two it would be yet. Actually, there's not really much confirmation about anything apart from the fact that Billy Zane is actively working for it to happen. Um, And that's it. That's all? That's it. That's it. it. Um, So he just wants to wear the purple tights again and get paid for it. Uh, (laughs) But basically, this came out of um, a tweet. Uh, A website tweeted to Billy Zane from their Twitter account, so are we going to get a phantom reboot? Uh, looking at you, Billy Zane, and then Billy Zane replied to that tweet saying, "Soon, super friends, working on it. Um, thanks for the supports so far for this awesome no, that's character." Not what he said. Well, no, that's not what he said. But if I read exactly what he says, I can't pronounce the word that starts with a V, and he's got a spelling er- error in there. So. I thought we'd just try and make it sound a bit better than it was, but you ruined it, Thanks, mate.
1: And what does XX capital B capital Z mean?
0: I think it's Kiss Kiss Billy Zane. I think that's what that uh, means.
1: Okay. So, yeah, it's. But forgetting uh, the fact that he can act and probably can't spell. Um,
0: <laughs> well, it is Twitter. No, I don't think spelling <laughs> counts on Twitter.
1: No, it doesn't. I think, in fact, if you actually make things. Uh, if it is the correct spelling, you probably haven't got the, uh, you're not doing it right. Oh, exactly. Um, but all that aside, it's, it's pretty cool news. Like, um, it's pretty cool. Like, oh, I don't know about you, but when I see, you know, all these characters that, you know, that aren't as cool as the and that, you know, to be truthfully honest, don't even probably sell as much comics around the world as what the fandom does, but they get all, you know, like Agent Carter, like, you know, honestly. (laughs) You know, like, they get a TV show. Yeah, but they... Some of these other ones. We we know that they're funded by Marvel and DC and stuff.
0: Well, yeah, but Marvel and DC are owned by Disney and Warner Brothers, so there's a fair lot of money behind them.
1: Yeah. Which which helps. Oh, it it does help. It's the reason why you, you, you have obs you know obsolete, you know obscene or not obscene, but um, characters that don 't that aren 't well as well known getting movies and stuff like that um, but like
0: well, you know, i yeah. think I think too the um, fact that the phantom isn 't as popular in America is really probably the main reason because, as we all know. Um atlases are found in I'm gonna insult so many people. Um atlases are found in the fiction section of American Bookshop. So if it's not important there, I don't think they the movie industry at the very least cares enough about it to um yeah. but the the only way I think a Phantom movie is gonna be made and this is probably me being very, you know, jaded and stuff after the what is it now? Three? This would be the third or maybe the fourth attempt to get another Phantom movies since the Billy Zane
1: one. Yeah, um, it's been a that. And the Billy Zane one actually had two... Um, well, Billy Zane and Christy Swanson actually uh, signed contracts for two sequels as well. Yeah, so. yeah exactly.
0: Um, so unless... Mo- the jaded part of me feels, as much as I would love another Phantom movie, the jaded part of me feels that we won't get one unless some movie studio goes, oh, look how successful the Marvel films are, the... DC films are. What's a character that we can use to hopefully cash in on this?
1: That has cheap, that has cheap rights.
0: Exactly, and and my fear for that is that they're going to make a fast, bash it out movie. Um, mm. Hopefully, I'll be pr- proven wrong. But
1: but you have something like Judge Dredd, which was a low budget, and yeah, and the that, lads, was... that was it was dark and edgy.
0: Well, as, um, as a Judge Dredd movie should be, and it was brilliant. Yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. But that goes back to what you were saying before about um, not having a big studio behind it, so it didn't have the um, budget to possibly be publicized as much. I think Judge Dredd's possibly more popular in... Um, it's native England than it is in the U.S., and it wasn't successful at the U.S. box office, even though it was a brilliant film. And even film critics who like to poo-poo superhero movies or comic-based movies said how good it was. Um, but, yet, it wasn't successful monetarily, so we won't be getting a sequel, even though it is a brilliant, brilliant film. Yeah. Extremely violent, so if you're not into violence, you mightn't like it, but it is really, really good movie. Um, but it's getting we're getting off of track a little bit here. Um, we should probably stop pitching for a while.
1: <laughs> I, I guess I guess what you take of it, uh, you know, fellow fan who's listening to this, be excited, but don't mm. hold your breath. Yeah, because we've been
0: down this road a few times before.
1: Yeah, I, I remember. Um, yeah, I, I remember. Definitely, like it was a student, Stevens, Sil, Sil or, or something in the early two thousands. Yep. Um, and then there was Tim Boyle, and I think was another one, who yeah, was looking at doing the legacy.
0: That was the probably the closest Six. we've come, isn't it? The legacy film?
1: Yeah, I think a couple have had, um, well, obviously we'll have to look into it a little bit more, but I think a couple have actually had scripts and stuff like that. I know, like, Stephen, the Stephen one had a script, and he got bagged for his script by some uh, some um, fans in inverted commas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Tim Boyle has had some scripts as well, but, yeah, apart from that, we haven't had anything further than that. Yeah, you know, I remember we we
0: did an interview with Tim Boyle, and he was set to write the script and direct, I believe, and then the studio basically pulled it out from under him, um, and then it just went nowhere. So it, it's a real shame. It just seems to be these little things that keep getting so far, and then something happens, and that's it, so...
1: But the first Phantom movie was like that as well. That's like, They true. were talking about it in the 80s until it that's actually true. happened.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, Spider-Man was in development hell for something like 15 years before that movie came out um, with Tobey Maguire. So these things take a long, long time. But I suppose what we yeah. can take out of this too is that um, Billy Zane is actively pursuing it and, yeah, he mightn't be a top-of-the-range considered a top-of-the-range actor um, nowadays, but he is, from what I can gather of, you know, what I've seen in interviews and stuff, he's fairly highly respected, so something may come of it giving his involvement.
1: Yeah, well, definitely, and he, you know, for the people that don't know, he's actually a fan. Um, For the people that, uh, he was filming Dead Calm, I think it was, with Nicole Kidman and... Um, that other dude, Sam Neill, I think Sam, it was.
0: Yep, Sam Neill.
1: Um, And he actually picked up a Phantom comic and started reading it. So, like, he's actually someone who... Don't know whether he reads, still reads the comic now or anything like that, but he was an actual fan. He, you know, was someone who knew who he was and stuff like that. So it's obvious that either he's still a fan, which we would all like to believe, um, and he, you know, he wants... It, whether it's to actually be the character himself or or whatever, we won't go down that path. But he's wanting to see another Phantom movie, which is exciting news.
0: Yeah, and and what do you think about it too with the Marvel films and all that? At the moment, it's probably the smartest point to do it. Like we were talking about, you know, um, well, I was talking about how I'm a bit jaded and stuff, hoping you know it doesn't get swept up as just a oh quick cash in by um a studio, but it makes the most sense to do it now because the genre is so successful and it would be better to make the movie now before that bubble bursts. Burst. Which, you know, it, it will happen, um, myself Eventually. And, yeah, myself and I'm sure a lot of other people hope it'll last for a long, long time, but it will eventually happen because, you know, mm. westerns were, were popular for years and years and years and now you hardly ever see one. Um, yeah. So it will happen. Well, but. and
1: the... the the thing that, that I'm like is that it's not just the movies, it's the TV shows. Like, um, I was talking to my local comic book store owner and, you know, he was saying that um, uh, that the flash sales have, you know, doubled, quadrupled since the TV show. Yeah. Um, you know, so...
0: And, and that's great. I think if, if a movie or a TV series comes out about a character and it positively affects the comics, then I think that's brilliant. If people go and watch the movie, and they go, oh yeah, whatever, and never pick up the comic, then, you know, that's that's not as great, but the fact that they do help the the popularity of the character, and therefore helps the comics, that's wonderful, and if the same thing could be done for the Phantom, then, you know, we might have three US publishers instead of just two, <laughs> fighting over everything, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting, and hopefully we'll, you know, hear some more details on that soon, but... As of yet, we've only got this one tweet from Billy Zane.
1: Yes. So we won't get too excited just yet. No,
0: no, like you said, don't get too excited, but, um, you know, it, it could happen. <laughs> okay, right, well, let's move on to the uh, next thing, which is um, classic Phantom and Mandrake stories have been archived on um, the Internet Archive um, website, which is... Uh, just archive.org. We've got a link to it on the on the Chronicle Chamber website. So they've linked. Uh, sorry, they've archived strips from um, 1960s. Uh, sorry, from early Phantom and Mandrake, and also the unad Mandrake and TV pilots from the 1960s. Now I'm going to sound really. Uh, really bad here and say, I didn't even know there was an unaired Mandrake TV pilot from the 60s. I knew about the Phantom one, but I didn't know about the Mandrake one. I knew there was the uh, serial that would show, you know, the cinema before the news or the main feature or whatever, but I didn't know that they had tried to make a TV series. So that was was news
1: to me. Did you um, Um, know about all this stuff? I think I did know about the Mandrake one, but I, to be honest... I'm not a huge fan of Mandrake, like um, I used to collect the comics and all that, but when with university and and, and stuff, i have just kind of not bothered. And I really only collected it because, you know, it was, you know, leaf fork as well. But Yeah. So was that um,
0: the fru issues you got?
1: Uh, I had some fru ones, had some Indian ones, and I had a couple of other ones as well that you kind of pick up at the same time because most people... Um, you know, when you're picking up a heap of Phantom comics, a lot of the time the fruit one, or the Mandrake ones are kind of chucked in the same pile.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I've got a few of the, well, I've got all of the, uh, adventure books that were published, I think they were published in Australia by, um, oh, the, yeah. the better books, you know, their landscape. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've got those and that's pretty much my only, um, exposure to Mandrake except for one or two, um little strips I've seen here and there, but I, I quite enjoy the character, I'm, I, I've sort of mentioned this before, I'm a bit more into the magic and sorcery stuff than you are, so that probably, you know, it's probably more up my alley than, than yourself, but I, I enjoyed it, I must admit, you know, it's kind of like, I suppose even early Phantom. some of the stories are a bit um, hit and miss, but some of them are really good, I would like to, um, see a collected edition of them. If they released a, a collected edition of Mandrake stuff, I'd definitely buy it. Um, yeah, I, I'm quite interested in this. I'm thinking of either going to, through and downloading all the um, Mandrake stuff and just reading it slowly because I haven't read a lot of Mandrake things. But that's great for people that haven't seen like, seen it, like myself with Mandrake, and anyone that's kind of new to the fandom who haven't hasn't read the early stuff.
1: Well, they don't have to worry about getting a letter from... Um... From uh, some some provider saying that you know they got to pay some fee or something if they uh, want to download and read them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it is great. It's um you know it's good to see the fan you know um because uh, uh, he's one of the uh, first uh, adventure comic strips. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's 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 good to see.
0: Yeah, it is great. And I just thought the archive archived websites, I didn't realize they did um, more than that. So, you know, there's heaps of stuff on there. So if you get on there and check out the Mandrake Curl Phantom stuff, there might be more things to look at. So, yeah, it's a a great resource. right, well, um, moving on to the next thing, the sad, sad news that, um, speaking of Mandrake, Fred Fredericks, the longtime artist of Mandrake the Magician, passed away. Um, he, I didn't realize he drew Mandrake for so long because, um, other listeners mightn't be aware, but Mandrake features very sparingly in Australian newspapers. I'm not actually aware of any in New South Wales that have Mandrake. I think there's some in the Northern Territory that might have Mandrake strips. Um, but I'm trying to remember that off the top of my head, so I could be, could be wrong there. But, um, yeah, he, Frederick, Fredericks drew. Uh, Mandrake from 1965 all the way up to 2002, um, so that's a
1: that's a pretty good run. Definitely, definitely. Um, to be honest, it's it didn't really get talked about. I'm a little bit disappointed. Um, like there wasn't wasn't as much um discussion about his death than what I was kind of hoping. I, I wonder if that's because people. You know, didn't really rate his artwork, his artwork on the Phantom Strip, which was only, you know, five years and stuff, Mm. but... um,
0: He did definitely have his critics in the... um, Yeah. ...out there in the world, you know, for for better or worse.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you know, look, and from... Because I think he was, what, 80-odd or or something when... um, uh, when he passed away, so you know he yeah. would have been, you know he was in the twilight of his years when he was doing the Phantom, yeah. and it was it would have been such a hard time to do that or to take over from Sky Barry, yeah. um, because you know Sky Barry is such an icon when it comes to the Phantom, and then you're having to take over from a legend like that. Um, it was big. Um, shoes to fill. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't mind his art. Yeah, it's you know, it's probably not one of my favourite, but um, I know just recently on a couple of auction sites, there's been a lot in the last uh, probably the last year and a half. There's been a lot of um, of his artwork selling. Yeah, um, a lot of his Phantom like Sundays, which was selling for you know on average probably about eighty US a piece, mm-hmm. which is quite cheap. So yeah, it'll be yeah, interesting definitely. to see if the price goes up or not, because he's you know, now passed away. Um, I'd
0: say that it probably will. People's artwork tends to become more available when they pass away, because obviously there's not going to be any more produced, yeah. um, but by that artist. So I'd say it most likely will. But I think the interesting thing will be to be see will be to see how much of a rise it uh, goes oh. up. Um, I'm I'm similar to to you, Jermaine. I didn't mind his artwork. I, I find the stuff he does, you know, fairly nice. It's it's again. He I must admit he's not my favourite artist in the world, but he's far 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 from my least favourite. Um, as those of you who were on Phantom Comic, uh, Phantom Collector, and saw my comments on a various um, Dynamite variant cover may have witnessed.
1: Or <laughs> all, all the podcasts when talking about Enya Bade.
0: Yes, well, there's that too. Um, but, hey, I'm an art student. I'm allowed to do that. But, yeah, it, it, I agree. I actually found out after the fact, which is why um, we sort of didn't mention it um, around, you know, closest to the actual time of his death on the website because I simply hadn't heard. And I, um, you know, read comic book resources and Newsarama and, you know, those those sort of comic news websites, and they didn't report on it either. So, yeah, it, it, it's quite sad that... um it seems to have been missed somehow. Mm. But we, of course, are aware now that that he's sadly passed and we can recognise now just how much of a contribution he made, especially to Mandrake. Uh, And the fact that after Lee Fork died, he was writing it as well as drawing it, that's just... The amount of work he would have had to put into those strips is just insane. Definitely. Right, well, um, let's move to the next news story. So off the... This bad, is one that you're stuff. excited about. This, yeah, this is the one I'm excited about. So finally, and I've been waiting for this for a long time, finally uh, Funko, the creators of the pop vinyl uh, figurines, which you have probably probably seen, even if you don't know that's what they're called because they're everywhere, um, they're finally making a phantom pop vinyl figure. Now, I'm s- surprised that it has taken this long for one to happen because I have done some very um, of left field uh, figures in the past. They've done sportsmen. They've done, um, you know, basketball players and things like that, that people that aren't really, really into those sports or whatever would have no idea who these people are. And even people who are into those sports, I would have thought that um, toy collectors and sports fans is two subcultures that doesn't often cross over. Um, but I could be wrong about that, so apologies if I've offended anyone, but I don't know anyone that's really into sport that would um, also go out and buy a little toy of their favourite sportsman. <laughs> so, yeah, it's interesting, I think, that it's taken this long for a fandom Pop to to come out, but given, um, given the fact that there's also not been any real... Um, I suppose you'd say classic or legacy comic characters um, previously, except for maybe the Rocketeer. But the Rocketeer is a bit different because the Rocketeer is currently owned by Disney, at least the film rights. So Funko have done a Disney line, so they probably, and they've done a Marvel line, so they've got you know the two things there. So they probably thought, oh, we'll, we'll chuck this this together um, and do a. The Rocketeer figure, which is really nice, actually, which I do have. But, yeah, finally we've got a Phantom one. I'm very excited. I've already pre-ordered two of them. Um, so for those that may not have seen the post on Chronicle Chamber, they're available now to pre-order from Pop Culture, which, um, of course, is the same shop where you can get those wonderful Phantom statues from and the heat change mugs and, excuse me, lots of other really groovy stuff. So they're 1699 Australian through pop culture. Um, if you haven't pre-ordered them yet or if you want to wait until they actually come out, um, to have a look at them first to see if, if you want to actually buy one. If you shop around, you can find them a bit cheaper. The cheapest I've ever found them is uh, $14 each. Um, the most expensive I've seen them is 25. So there is a fair bit of price variance. Um, so if you have a few shops in your area that sells them it's probably a good idea to have a look. you might be able to get you know two or three dollars off off your figures but um 1699 is generally the the price that they go for so if you do get it through pop culture, you're not you know paying too much money that's generally the price. Um, I got two, like I said and the shipping was seven dollars Australian so I would assume that if you just get the one it's probably around three three dollars fifty something like that. Um, Something else which also is worth mentioning, if you haven't read the news article on this, Funko tends to retire their figures after a certain amount of time. Now, that can um, be due to any number of reasons. They're not selling as well, as I hope the license is expired, or they want to focus on other lines, or in some cases, such as particularly the Marvel ones, um, they re-sculpt and re-release them to better match, you know, movies or um, redesigns in costume, things like that. So if you're keen on getting one of these, it is probably a good idea to pre-order it, just to guarantee that you will um, get one because there's no word on how long that they'll be available for. Uh, Just to give you an example, um, last year, about the middle of last year, Maybe a little bit early, they released uh, Sonic the Hedgehog Pop Finals, which, um, if you've been listening for a while now, you'll know I'm a fan of Sonic, so of course I got them. Now, like I said, it's, uh, it was about the middle of last year. They're already being discontinued. So these things can turn around really, really quickly. So um, if you're keen, grab one while you can. Um, Jermaine, are you going to get this?
1: Uh, yeah, I'll probably get two as well. Um, it's. Well, I'm. You know. Um, I'm not a pop vinyl uh, fan. I've seen them around, like at Supernova and uh, and comic book shops and stuff like that. I've seen that you can get, like, plain ones or something like that. Yeah, and you can design your own, yeah. Um, and I think uh, on Facebook there was a post from someone saying that he's done that um, I don't have the time to be able to do something like that, so I'll just be buying one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I was actually considering for a long time buying one of the plain ones and, and painting it up to look like the Phantom, but the problem was that the plain ones, which, like you said, are just plain white, cost just as much as the fully designed ones, so I didn't end up doing it, and now they've released, they're have released releasing this one, so I don't you have to worry about it. You make Girl Phantom go with it. Well, that's true. You can get a female body version. So, yeah, that's totally true. Oh, and we should also mention um, that they come out in August of this year. No exact date, just August. When's so, Father's Day for
1: Australia? Um, oh, I think I'm it's not September, sure. eh?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: So, i think that will be a brilliant present for all the dads out there. Start, yeah. you know, sending it to the wife and,
2: yeah, you know, nudge,
1: nudge. <laughs>
0: Especially for at least a female version. Um, some, something one of I think someone posted on Facebook, which, which is interesting, is whether we'll get... Actually, they said, do you think they'll do one for each Phantom? Um, no, I highly doubt they'll do 21 of these. However, if it is successful, I wouldn't be surprised if they do colour variations like we had for the statue. So we might get, you know, a blue, a red, a green, and a yellow version, because Funko have done that sort of thing in the past, um, that, but generally, the variants are more limited, um, than the regular one, and they go very, very quick. And also, they are generally only sold through, or easily to get through specialty retailers like comic stores, and, um, I think EB Games is, is considered a, a specialty shop or a special retailer for Funko now as well. Um, of course, if that happens, we'll let you know. Um, there is no information on that as of yet, and like I say, it'll probably depend on how well the original one sells, but it is a possibility. Nice. So, yeah, it, I'm very much looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun when that comes out. All right, well, it looks like uh, Stephen has joined us, so we're just going to um, bring him into the conversation. You there, Steve?
2: Hello. How you going, fellas? Not great. bad, Mike right? great to hear you we are live on the podcast <laughs> oh, thanks for having me thanks for, yeah, it's been a, one of those afternoons
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's fair enough man we can understand that we can understand that <laughs> right so we're just to catch up we're pretty much covered all the news um, yep. we're just gonna go uh, just about to go on to the new comics but just um, before we do that I'd just like to make a really quick mention that this year on the 6th of April marked nine years since um, Chronicle Chamber started, humbly back oh, as just geez. the form. Yeah, nine years. So nine I didn't make years. a big song and dance next year. Well, I'm thinking about it. I didn't make a big song and dance about it this year because it is nine. It's not the big ten. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm considering what we're going to do for, for ten years next year. Maybe we'll, I don't know. I actually have no idea what we'll do, <laughs> but I'll figure about it. But I just wanted to mention that, yes, it has been nine years, and thank you to everyone that um, has visited the website and listened to the X-Band, and especially those people that have been visiting from day one. There are a couple that were there when it was just a, a message board and are still visiting the site. So thank you very much to, to all those people. Radio. Well, let's get on with the comics so the very first thing I think we should talk about is um, very exciting for uh, the people of Serbia. They're getting their first Phantom comic in oh a long, a long time. They're finally getting uh, their own Phantom comic. Now, Jermaine, you know a little bit more about this than I do, so do you want to tell us uh, okay. what's going on with this?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, for the people that don't know, Serbia was a part of uh, Yugoslavia, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So Yugoslavia had Phantom Comics, um, but since their independence, they had they've had one other magazine, I guess you would call it, which had a pile of um, which had some Phantom strips in it. I think it was about six or seven issues, but it was kind of like a kids' one, you know, those kids' zone comics magazines that you get in Australia, which has got, you know, puzzles and yep. this might have a couple of pages of comic strips and stuff like that. It's it's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is actually, from what I can read, I haven't researched a lot about it because like I was only made aware of this, like, uh, Friday evening, I think it was, or yesterday, um, so I haven't had a, too much of a look through it, but it's an actual... Uh, publishing company who is, from what I remember and what I've looked at so far and what my contacts have been telling me, that it's actually a hardcover um, reproduction of the first seven or eight uh, Sunday stories.
2: Oh, nice. So I'm assuming
1: it would be in, um, you know, I'm assuming it would be in, what do you call it, Uh, in the local language. But um, yeah, I just thought we'll let everyone know about it. Yeah. Um <laughs> I just thought we'll let everyone know about it and you know I guess celebrate the fact that the fandom is back out there in you know in Europe as well.
0: Yeah, it's it's a great thing that they have finally got oh we'll ha- have their own um their fandom comic now.
1: That's it's a great mm-hmm. thing. So I don't know if it's if they're just if it's just a once off or whether they're going to be doing um uh like other um what do you call it? Uh, other reproductions or, or anything like that. But it it's a start and um and you know, hopefully it will mean that the character will become, you know, even more popular uh in that area than what it already is.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's great that those fans have, have something to um get their phantom fixed with. Yeah. Cool. Right, well um let's let's get into the through issues of which we have a fair few to cover. Um so we'll start with the first or the last one, or the previous one, I don't actually know what the right syntax for this is, but the, the newest one to come out since we did the last episode, which is issue 1717, 17, 17, 17, Operation Enigma. Um, so I'll let you go first. Steven, seeing you just came in, did you read this?
2: <laughs> I did read this, and I'm, I'm just, uh, well, 1717, it was a little while ago now, so I'm just flicking through it again, just to remind myself of the story, but... Um, yeah, it was um the the Nazi guy, wasn't it? He he came in and uh, yes, yeah, and yeah, this is, I think, yeah, remembering that, um, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I got caught out. It wasn't it wasn't today's uh, Phantom. It was his grandfather or something, wasn't it? Because yeah, the Goran character isn't
1: green. It's um, is it Buran or something?
0: Yeah, I think it's Buran.
2: with a nice little goatee. <laughs>
0: you got to
1: have a goatee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but, um, but no,
0: I, yeah. I, I enjoyed
1: the comics. Yeah, I thought it was good too.
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. I thought it was quite
1: good. Um, <laughs> even though it's a historian?
0: Yes, e- even though it was a <laughs> historical con- yeah, issue, I did enjoy it. Yes, I did.
2: <laughs> oh, hang on. It's Just near, near history, though. Near history,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's recent, um, so, you yeah. know.
1: <laughs> Just on page eight, the first panel, he's actually called Guran, So I don't know whether that's a spelling mistake, um, because or not. But yeah, it's. I always thought the it was Buran, but it looks like it's Guran in this issue.
2: Um, and I, and I yeah. think that's what caught me out last time. Like it was set back in 1943, which you know the panel was was around back then, or the 21st back then. So yeah, seemed like it was putting him back in that era. Rather than going yeah. uh, back to being his forefather.
0: Yeah, because if you consider the timeline of the Phantoms, then that would yeah
1: it would have been his grandfather, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's it's one of the um it's one of the trickiest you know try not to get too bogged down in this, but it's one of the most trickiest um uh, things to do is that you know you read um you know Phantom goes to war and it's the twenty first Phantom, and then you read a new story that's coming out. And it's about the nineteenth phantom, mm. yeah. And, and so it's like, you know, what do you what do you do? Do you have to have a big disclaimer at the front saying, you know, when you when you, republish, you fandom Phantom Goes to War' or something, um, you know, this is shown as the twenty first phantom, but uh, you know, but these days we have the war with the nineteenth uh, phantom battling it, or do you go through and change all the newspaper stories?
0: Well, I, I suppose it depends how how delvey you want to get into continuity. I mean, people, yeah, that, they might find that confusing and maybe they'll, they'll do a bit of Googling or whatever if they don't know about the Phantom. But once they realize, oh, well, when this story was written, it was always supposed to appear the 21st Phantom. So it was concurrent. It was being r- written, you know, basically concurrently um, to the time. So when it was written, it made sense to be the 21st, you know what I mean? Because mm. it's always been the 21st. It's only now because we're so far in the future from that, like it's just been the 100th, or it will be the 100th anniversary of Anzac soon. So we're a fair way in the future from that. Um, so that's why it just—it does, only doesn't make sense to us because we're reading it now, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I guess what, you could do is like you say Jermaine just you know whenever they print it say you know this was written at the time it's what Lee Falk always intended to the Phantom to be the 21st and that's why it's now the 21st in modern comics or you do a DC um, and you have crisis in infinite deep jungles and <laughs> somehow retcon the whole thing which I think especially seeing the Phantom is primarily a newspaper strip would just be too much bother than it would be worse. But I think that would probably be the only two ways you could really get around that problem.
2: But would they, would they also have that problem, like, with the movie or something. Like, the movie that was back in the, the 90s was set back in the 30s or whatever. Yeah. If they're going to make a new one, is it still going to be the 21st Phantom? Yeah. Well,
0: every... Because um, we talked about the movie a little bit earlier. But, um, yeah. So every time the the three or four... I can't quite remember... How I many it's been the three or four movies that have been suggested but never ever got anywhere. It was always for a modern fandom. Um So I think that they would either just not involve the, um, the Billy Zane movie and, you know, be completely separate to that, yeah. or they would just make it the, if they're still going to have him shipwrecked in, you know, the 1400s, they do the math and figure out what generation that would actually be now which would probably be what the 24th maybe so I'd say they'd do that for the film Um, but talking about the comics and the strips the Phantom doesn't have a huge deep um, continuity like you know DC and Marvel's characters do so I don't think it really matters that much for the Phantom if it was another character yeah possibly but I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think it's a huge issue that needs to be addressed, or do you think not
1: really? Just... It's always good to talk about, but, yeah. um, <laughs> and to get a few uh, purists upset when you say, "Oh, we could just um, uh, just rejig the uh, the fan strips." Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine imagine the anger that would cause. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you're right. Is that it's not really that big an issue, um, and I think we're. We know, yeah,
2: we know the Phantom is. He's, he's the twenty-first, and anyone who who comes in late will get caught up quick.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Definitely. Um, something else
1: interesting about the story um, is what's the mission station? You know, the when they've like, you know, rowed the boat. Is that the same one that Kate Somerset was on? I was wondering that myself, oh, seeing yeah, it was run I- by the Nuns.
0: I didn't actually think and of that. And it's,
1: like, offshore as well. Like they've got to get a rowing boat to go up there. And it's it's got, you know, on page 26, you know, the guys going up the stairs, which look fairly similar. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's just like, it's, it's something that I kind of thought of because we had the latest Somerset story a couple of weeks ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't...
1: Weeks prior.
0: I didn't make the connection when I was reading it, but now you mention it. Yeah, it... it might be just you know a little nod to it or something, or maybe it is yeah. you know something in it's there for. The
1: them. Same, I think it's the it's the same creator team. Yeah. And you know, Spadera, or mm-hmm. Spaderi or however you say that.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. It could. It could very well be. But um, I I don't think it's mentioned specifically that it's supposed to be. Is no, it? it's not.
1: No, it's
2: not. Yeah. Yeah. I did mean. I mean. Yeah. Meant to check the um that sister's name. Just to see if there wasn't a continuity, but um, yeah. I think it was some. Light.
1: Yeah, uh, much not sure. I, I don't think it would oh. be because this would this is the nineteenth where I think the other one was the eighteenth. Oh, but I guess they don't. The nuns probably don't die off as quickly as the Phantom, so. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the building would still be there at any rate. So. Yeah. But um yeah I don't know
1: it would be a nice little touch if it was but I, I guess okay. we'll move on to the next issue. Yep, sounds good. All
0: right, so um the next issue 1718 is Blood Red Sea. Um I actually didn't I have got it but I didn't get around to reading it yet guys so I'll let you you tackle this one. Um did you did you get it, Jermaine?
1: Yeah I got it. It's um uh it's i actually enjoyed it again like to be honest some of the stories that we are discussing are probably some of the best stories we've or the best stories we've had together for a while if you know what i mean um mm.
2: and they're so, all new stories as well
1: well apart, yeah, apart, apart from, apart
2: from on the, the um America series the
1: Netflix which, but everything else is new um yeah and I, I really i'm really enjoying this i really enjoyed this story um from one oh two one or something, which was the doomsday weapon. Yep. Um and it kinda of does a little bit of an intro on it and stuff like that. Um but yeah, did you enjoy it, Steve? Yeah,
2: I'm just reminding myself again, <laughs> looking through it. Um got the pirate. Oh yes, the pirate, and he was trying to find himself um a safe haven, but um yeah, the the pen came and knocking and everyone turned him over. Is that
1: Yeah. 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 The Phantom always That's seems it. to do well when it's when it when it comes to like um you know like pirate ships and oh. stuff like that. <laughs> the,
2: the the seafaring adventures are all, all, often good, but yeah, this one, um, it's the Phantom Man's son, and they play, yeah. play a couple of little tricks there on, on the um on the superstitious pirates. That's right. <laughs> it's always
0: it's always fun when when they start playing tricks on the baddies. I always love that.
1: Well, it's it's. It's what makes the Phantom so good, I, I guess, is the fact that you know he, you know, yeah, you know, he could quite easily just go in and just you know knock them all out and all that. But it's so much more fun, you know, <laughs> striking that. that fear and you know and stuff because I guess it's that it's that fear and that superstition which create which is probably his biggest weapon. Um, yeah. You know, I remember a story, what was it, it was The Ghost, I think it was 731 or something, where he refuses to punch him and the guy's shooting bullets into it. And he's going through this conversation and it's like, no, to be able to show him that bullets don't affect me is going to be a bigger fear than actually just punching and knocking him out. <laughs> and and it, is so, it is so true that, you know, the aura of, the, you know, that he doesn't die, that, you know, that, he always comes after you, and there's that skull and stuff like that it it um it it's probably the Phantom's biggest weapon,
0: yeah, actually coming off that just just as a little little aside, is that something you guys would like to see explored more the um not horror's not the right word, but the the mystery the the sneakiness of the Phantom, I guess, hunting his, his prey, for lack of a better word, and springing traps on them. Would you like to see that more? Because I think that when you see that, it really shows just how effective um, the Phantom could be as a character. Like you say, someone that's apparently immortal and how freaky that could be if you're up against, up against mm. it. But the Phantom is generally, for lack of a better term, a lighter comic than that. Sort of idea would perhaps suggest.
1: I don't think he was always a lighter comic.
0: No, it, it has become lighter over time. That that is true.
1: That is true. Um, like if you read the Ray Moore stories, they're quite adult.
0: Yeah, and his um, art's quite dark and and gritty as well.
1: Yeah, like some of those stories, like you know, uh, and even Wilson McCoy to an extent at the beginning of his uh, uh, reign when he basically was told he had to copy. Um, Ray Moore's style. Even that was still dark and grim. Yeah, that's true.
0: It seemed to... Maybe. It seemed to kind of uh, peter out a little bit when the kids came into it, I guess. Or maybe when yeah. the Phantom and Diana were married, around that time. Somewhere around saying, that he, he, He's saying he got
1: soft when he got married, eh? Yeah, pretty
0: much. <laughs> pretty much. Well, no, I think, I think Lee Fork wanted to make it a more family... Oriented book, didn't you, Like a, a, a more, maybe not family oriented, but an all ages friendly book. Because there are still moments of darkness. There's um, Jungle City, which is which is has moments of quite dark mm. things in it, where the Phantom's stalking uh, people through. I'm I'm not sure if it's supposed to be oh, Central Park, but yeah, one at a yeah. yeah, and there's some quite dark moments in that.
1: Um, and there's one where he's against the mobsters in the I think it's the Daily in the '80s. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, he's quite brutal there. Like, you know, basically gives some guy a facelift by planning planting him against, you know, against a wall and stuff like that, so.
0: Yeah. No, there are there are definitely moments of it, but it, did, it does feel when you go back and sort of read those um, almost in sequential order, it does feel like it lightens up a lot um, mm. the further along it goes. And I think, to an extent, the Egmont stuff... Has followed that trend. Again, there are some darker stories, but for the most part, it still seems to be a lighter, a lighter
1: comic. Which have do you? Do you remember the story of the psychopath? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, do you remember that one, Steve? Uh,
2: no. Well, talk about it, and I probably will.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's um, basically. I can't remember the issue number. Uh, sorry, fans. Um, Uh, but basically it's a guy who's been interviewed by, um, by a doctor and he talks about, uh, his battle with the phantom or some, you know, he doesn't, doesn't call him the phantom because it's actually telling the story from his point of view and there's like about eight of them and they've kidnapped they're in a they're in the jungle and they're ch- being chased by the fan and the fan picks off one by one and mm. and it, you know totally messes with them and basically sends this guy insane it's It's a real gritty story. it's like it's like you' it's like you're almost reading a Batman comic.
0: yeah, and um, just for reference and for Steve, it's issue one thousand one hundred and ninety four through one thousand one hundred and ninety four released in nine oh, that one. Well, there you go. Released in 1998. Um, I I love that issue. And I think, you know, people like we were talking about before, some of those hardcore fans, I don't think like the um, comparison between the the Phantom and Batman, which is fair enough. But I think you do need, not all the time, but occasionally need that twist of um, perspective, that different look at, you know, what this hero... Is doing to people
1: <laughs> because it's like he's had a bad day or something, and he's just
2: I yeah,
0: just
1: send this guy to the mental institution. I've had enough. <laughs> yeah, but but it's an interesting
0: way to look at the character. And there was um, a Moonstone book where they did a sort of similar thing, not to as good effect, but um, I, I, I quite enjoyed that just because it's a different way to look at the character, which I think keeps things interesting. But yeah, mm. it's really worth reading if if you do have that issue or if you can track it down.
1: No worries. So I guess The Rivals.
0: Yes, The Rivals. Um, this, <laughs> this was an interesting issue, um, but a good one, I thought. Did you guys yeah. enjoy it?
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Now, the reason why I liked it is I've, I've been enjoying Philip Madden's work lately. Um, I think his first one or two wasn't the best. Um, But, you know, like we said, you know, it's um, uh, it's probably, you know, getting a handle of the character and stuff. But what I liked about it was that Kit and Heloise aren't brats. Well, Heloise still is a brat, um, but Kit's grown up heaps.
0: She's a teenage um, girl, isn't Brat the definition? Yeah, I guess so. You're a teacher,
1: so you would know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what you've
0: got to look forward
2: to, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but, yeah. yeah we um, um, was that.
2: We're, we're lucky we've got sons.
1: <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it's, I, I really enjoyed the story. Like, it, it was a great story, and I really probably the best thing I liked about it was the fact that Kit was actually behaving like the son of a phantom.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: oh, I don't I don't know what is it, but it really it really, really irks me when you're having um, stories by uh you know by you know, by other characters by other writers and they do kit as this stupid you know, brat that just needs a good old smack. And, you know, but he's got his head screwed on, right, with this one. And it's hell yeah. it is that's the brat in this story. I, I actually quite like the twist. Maybe it's just because I'm against feminists. But, uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that, man. We'll get so much hate mail.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so what do you guys think about it?
0: I, I but, really um, I really liked it. And I have to agree with you that it, did, it does irk me sometimes when they make Kit out to be a bit, maybe not stupid, but a bit, naive um, not not that I think he needs to be the cleverest of the two twins but I think they made him a bit too silly um, in, in some of the previous stories um, but I, I really liked the interaction between the twins because we've all the, always seen them as you know very caring um, and loving of one another which is fair enough because they're twins but you know, they want to prove that they're the best of their father so they can take over this, um, you know, this legacy. And, you know, we, we know as readers that, you know, it'll probably end up, if the creators ever decide to do it, it'll probably end up with both of them being the Phantom. Um,
1: yeah, just to keep the Phantom happy. <laughs> Seriously, man? <laughs>
0: um, anyway, um. Yeah, it'll probably end up with both of them being fan. But I, I liked it. <laughs> I liked that they had that competition because you know if you have a brother and sister, anyone that's had siblings will, will know this. You always compete with each other, whether you, you know, are, are just aiming for the affections of a parent, or just want to prove that you're better than the other sibling, or just want to do it to you know annoy them. You know, there's always going to be that rivalry. So it's it's nice to see that part of the relationship rather than just you know them fawning over each other and hoping that the other one's okay and all that sort of thing
1: and being and useful. It, yeah. And when it came to it, they actually did were well, they were sacrificing themselves for the other person as well.
0: Yeah. They woke up to themselves and went, Oh, I did something probably a bit stupid here. I better go and sort it out.
2: Mm. So yeah, no, it was really good. It was really good. What did you think, Steve? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. And yeah, everything you've just been saying, I agree with Something that well, craters and wires need to remember is that they're both being trained by the fandom. They're both gonna you know, have these physical capabilities. They're both gonna have um, good decision making. You know, they both they both should have their heads screwed on. Yeah, but, yeah. Like you said, they're they still, are still kids. Said yeah. brother and sister, they're still kids, and they're gonna make a mistake. And yeah. it's good to balance it out. Um, it's good to balance it out rather than kid always being the one that's gonna get into trouble when Pelosi and. And the phantom have to rescue him or whatever. Yeah. This time it's it's um Halose who's done the done the wrong thing while Kit's, you know, out there putting himself out there in danger and then he gets into more danger and <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: What do you think of the art, guys?
2: Just flicking through it, I'm I'm enjoying it. I like I've just flicked through the part where um they're in the hideout and the phantom he's he's crept in, the guy's lit the match and all of a sudden, you know, there's the phantom and yeah, the, the two blokes got no idea, except for the guy with the um, with the match. And well, and they still don't have any idea that they'll have a spitting header.
0: Yeah, no, it's I just
2: thought... nice and dark and bang.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought it was really good. I really liked the artwork as well. It was quite nice. Um, something I thought was really interesting. Um... Is the way they drew Heloise. like you could have? She's supposed. I don't think it says in there how old they actually are. Does it give an actual age? I don't think it does. Does it?
1: No, but they're no. definitely like she's got boobs, so she's definitely not like twelve or thirteen. She's probably what fifteen, sixteen.
0: Yeah, I, I thought they Heloise. were pro- She was probably around that that age. So I found it interesting that they drew her, um, and I, I don't mean this in a de- derogatory way, but they drew her kind of plain like she just was around the house sort of thing they didn't have Tom you know this, yeah they didn't have this long flowing beautiful blonde hair that she did, wasn't wearing you know well, skimpy outfits and stuff which the fandom has never really been about but she's still a teenage girl and you know if we're being um <laughs> if we're being
1: you You're know trying to think of what words you can say without getting us into more trouble
0: no, I'm trying to figure out how to say it without – yeah, okay, I get us more trouble. But if if we're being, you know, sensible, when you're that age, it's, you know, when the sexuality of your personality is kicking in. So people tend to, of that age, tend to make themselves look good. But the fact that she hasn't, um, or they've drawn her, whether it was intentional or not, um, haven't drawn her to be, you know, this beautiful teenage, you know, pin-up goddess or whatever – I th- it, f- for me, reading it, it, it made the character even more grounded. Like, I think someone that's the relation of the fandom is going to be. You know, they don't care about how good or bad their hair looks. You know, they're not going to want to wear the latest jungle fashions. You know, they're just going to get out there and... <laughs> the
1: latest jungle
0: fashions. <laughs> um, they're just going to get out there and, you know, do their thing. There's <laughs> this like- loincloth
2: in season, then.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes they have beads on them and sometimes they look don't. Fat. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I mean you know the way they've drawn her it was like that they she doesn't care about that sort of thing and I thought that was again it might have been completely unintentional and I'm just reading more into it than is actually there but that's the impression I got reading it and I thought that was that was a really nice mm. touch that they've made her grounded and not worried about superficial things like so many teenagers are
1: yeah definitely that's an interesting way of doing it
0: right so well let's go on to the uh, the next issue which is um, another of the collector's replica issues so it's collector's replica number four um, did you got you guys would have picked this oh would well, you mean you would have picked it up to keep the collection going wouldn't you
1: yeah I picked it up um, but I've
0: got nothing really to say about it no I think you and I have definitely covered our opinions on it already. What about you, Stephen? Do you have anything you want to mention about it? Did you pick um,
2: up? Yeah, I picked it up. I, it's um, I don't know how to say it. But usually when I pick up a new Phantom, I read it within the next couple of days. But for some reason, it only took you to la- yes, last night, actually, was when I opened it up and, and read it. Mm. Um, and I don't know if that's against the, you know, all being replica or being these old stories that have been... Um, um, censored or, or what have you, but, um, it just happened that way. But something that I, that I did like and probably mentioned it in, in earlier podcasts is reading the, um, the Barry Stubberfield, um, message from the publisher. Mm. That I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and put me in a good frame of mind to, to read the, the comic or the comics, the stories. Um, and I did read this after I read the latest one, A Plague in Venice. Yeah. Um, I'll discuss that one more when we get to it, um, but the, the difference in the storytelling is, um, for lack of a better word, incredible. It's clear cut. Yeah. I, I was I was getting a little bit confused with um with the Venus story, and I'll I'll get to it later. But just it's a good example of leaf folk storytelling. It's what I'm trying to say is you know these old stories, and I know everyone's, all the old collectors have all got these old stories and you know, they've been reissued in, well, Barry says when they've been reissued and I've got those issues, so I could look back and have a look at them in their complete form. But if you're just picking it up and you haven't seen those stories before and you read them, they are good stories. Yeah. And and you can't go against that, I don't yeah, think. They
0: hold up, don't they?
2: Yeah, but they do. And oh, <laughs> I was reading the, the one about following the ring. And I was trying to think oh, I if love this that story, story was. Yeah. I was wondering if this story had been written before or after *Lord of the Rings*. You know, the, the ring that constantly gets lost and lost, and, but finally it wants to get back. It wants to get back to its owner, really. Yeah. As well as, well as um, envisioning my mind, <coughs> excuse me. But, I've never picked yeah, up Yeah, I really that. enjoyed it. That was, <laughs> well, yeah, it just came, it all came to me last night while I was reading. I said, oh, yeah, it's always escaping whoever's got it and trying to get back to the owner, or then the owner's all, of course trying to find it himself. Mm. Yeah, that's. i never picked up on that either. But well, there you go. Go. I've just spent the last two weeks analysing other texts, so I've probably read more into it than I should have. But there you go. <laughs> uh,
1: Making this podcast serious, I like it.
2: Well, it, it,
0: it was written um,
2: in the late 1930s, nineteen thirties,
0: nineteen nineteen thirty seven, I think, is when Tolkien first started writing The Lord of the Rings. So, I don't know when was the Phantom Story. Ah, uh, this
1: was nineteen fifty.
0: Oh, there you go. It might have been, it was published, oh, exactly. I think The Lord of the Rings was published in the 50s, so, yeah. because yeah, it took him a
1: while to, um, to actually finish that story. He, To be truthfully honest, I don't know if many people actually know this, but he didn't actually want to um, finish the book. He kind of got um, uh, coaxed into doing it by one of his uh, good friends, C.S. Lewis, yeah. telling him that he needs to finish the actual series.
0: He didn't originally want to do a sequel either, but the publisher pushed him into it. Mm. So, But anyway, that's getting a bit off topic.
2: <laughs> yeah, we could wax lyrical about that forever, but um, yeah, let's, totally. go back to the, let's, let's go back to the bloke and, <laughs> in the purple
0: right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, issue 1721, The Bourbon Tax. Um, I, did you read this one, Joe? I did not read this for <laughs> obvious reasons, so I'll let you well, go. Well, it's
2: historical, is it?
1: Oh,
0: it's just <laughs> historical and
1: it's any herbay.
0: Yeah, it's historical <laughs> and it's my favourite art. Oh god, that cover. Anyway, I'll let you guys talk about it. Actually no, the I know, yeah, I see. the <laughs> colouring's quite nice on the cover, but that's all I'm gonna say about it.
1: It's I actually didn't mind the story. Um <laughs> The art it's not his best art. Um The thing that probably frustrates me about this story is that I didn't it didn't tell us how the Phantom's friend cheated death. Mm. Um, I don't know if you picked that up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you picked up that one, Steve, or not. Yeah, yeah
2: I did, it, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, he's alive,
1: great. And then I'm looking at it and I'm going, oh, he hasn't told us how he cheated death and he just gets rid of him. Oh, that well, kind think, of sucks.
2: I think I assumed he did it the same way the Phantom did. That's what, what I it was, I was his did. son? No, it's his got shoulder. Son. And, yeah, he's got a good pension for staying alive or something like that, I don't
1: know. Yeah, I guess so. Like, like at this, but, yeah, I don't know. I wonder, like, whether, you know, whether he just paid, you know, where he paid the doctor saying that he was dead and then swapped the bodies or something like that. But, you know, it was just something that I picked up in the story that it was, um, you know, that we never actually got that. Um, it's an interesting story. I, I, you know... Normally I would say it's a good story, but with some of the other stories that we've had recently, like you know, Inngimmer and Blood Sea and the Rivals, it's probably the weaker of those stories. Yeah. But it's it's still it's still an enjoyable read, mm. in my opinion, anyway.
0: So do you think I should pick it up? Should I check it out? <laughs> uh,
2: we, we could say anything, and you'd still have the, the bias against historical stories. I think. Too. Yeah. It, it, <laughs>
1: It, it probably won't change your minor, but I guess if you've got a spare um three dollars fifty mm. and you've got nothing else to read, you know. <laughs> oh, I have so much to read. <laughs> <laughs> but um I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the story. Uh, you know, um and you know, it it wasn't it wasn't the worst one that I've read.
2: Yeah. Oh that's what, that's what about you, Steve? What did you think of the story? Yeah, but very much the same. Like, well, you got that, you got the strong female character, the strong bad guy. She's even you know, been able to take something from the phantom, which he holds quite dear. Um just to, you know, make sure there's no spoilers. Um but, yeah, you know, and bad guys get the comeuppance. It's on the sea again, which, you know, always seems to, to go well. He does well on the water, like I mentioned before, and, um yeah, I didn't mind it. I wouldn't be rushing out to, to read it again, but, you know, it was a, it was a, Nice story for three dollars fifty.
1: Fair enough. Yeah. It's in- it's interesting that uh the ring fit on her hand but it also <laughs> fits on the um on the phantom's hand. She must have big blokey hands. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe it's all that sea life that doesn't
1: <laughs> She looks uh, like no, a, tough, anyway. a tough old bird though. Yeah, you're she's not old, but she's um she's not she's not a little weakling.
2: I think she pull herself free off a yeah, choose yeah, through the ropes.
1: She would, um, yeah. she would keep uh, my namesake, Jermaine Gere, very happy.
2: <laughs> You've got a theme and you're just running with it, aren't you? Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, dear God. Anyway, moving <laughs> on. Okay, so the last fruition we have is 1722, A Plague in Venice, which... um. Is sadly Hans Lindals, uh, Lindal's, I think his name is actually pronounced last story. He's um, arguably one of the, the <laughs> most celebrated um, Swedish phantom artists, or Egmont phantom phantom artist is retiring um, at the age of sixty, so it's his his last story. Now I have this issue. Um, have I've you had read a, it? I haven't had a chance to read it. No, but I'm very keen to.
1: I'm very. I actually only picked it up yesterday, so. To be honest, I haven't picked up mine. Um, I've, this has just been a busy week. Uh, the little daughters are teething at the moment. so. Uh, oh,
2: that's fun. <laughs>
1: so uh, for those who have had babies, you would know that uh, not much gets done. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, well,
1: see,
0: seeing two of us haven't read it, um, what if, what if we just talk about the fact that it's Hans Lindahl's last story? Well, I chorus. guess
1: you've read it, haven't you, um, Steve? Yeah, I read
0: it last night. Yeah. So, so what did you think of it? If you can give us a spoiler-free,
2: spoiler-free. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to to taint taint you guys going into it. But uh the the ones that we've just been reviewing? I'd say this is the weakest one. Oh, um, nothing against the art, or well, you know, it's it's you know excellent art and and what have you. Um, but the Phantom, I think it's the second Phantom, and he's second guessing himself, and sometimes you know, the will second guess himself. But he's, um, he wants to, wants to find himself a wife, and which we all sure every like guy to do. wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, many we can't say every, but many would like to, would like to do. Um, and he just he seems a bit muddled, a bit not not at his best. Um, and there seems to be a lot of filler in the comic, you know, um, based on that. Um, but when the action happens, the action's great. But there's, I feel there's a bit of padding throughout the story. Now, the, the story's set back in, um, well, as it says, a plague in Venice, and it's Venice is plague ridden And you can see it's, it's not a good place to be, you know. He's the, desperate for a it, wife. He's trying to find one <laughs> over there. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, the hand that you dealt. Sometimes, I guess. Well, maybe you thought living in a cave would be preferable to to Plague huge Venice. Yeah, well, once you've seen Plague Street Venice, look, a cave isn't too, fresh, it isn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> looks like a palace compared to that. Anyone, any, any lady would 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 die to get there. But um, no pun intended. Ah, this episode is getting But something that I, that I did find interesting was on, on the last page, and I'll throw this out there, and you guys might know a bit more about history than what I do. Um, the the wife that he takes, that he does find himself away, and um, that calls her his first, and this is the second family, um, calls her his first wife. He ends up having four wives. And it's the fourth who gave birth to the son to become wow. the third pension. Oh, so I don't know yeah. how historically correct that is or if they're just doing their own thing. But I thought, well, oh, okay. We've been, you know, just a nice way to, to skew your view on things. It's right, yeah? What's happening here? Or was he kind of, you know, polygamist or something?
1: So he's... Like Henry the Eighth, They didn't produce sons, so he just killed them off. Killed
2: them off. Okay. Um, so, right. so what he's in the serious now here. No, yeah.
1: right. Being serious here yeah. is the problem, um, and you can for people who are intrigued by what we're discussing, apart from all the crap that we're talking about. <laughs> um the best bet I would suggest you to do is actually go to phantomwiki.org and then type in Second Phantom, and it will give you a lot better detail than what I'm going to say. But um, the problem comes along with the fact that trying to merge Orc Universe and Eggmont Universe together. Now, I'm probably going to offend some people with some of this stuff if I haven't already offended you, but this is just how... <laughs> I don't how think
0: anyone's c- still listening by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
1: but just with, you know, this is how Egmont has tried to merge their universe and Lee Fork. So, in according to Lee Fork, the second Phantom married Christopher Columbus's granddaughter, Marabella, which was from the name. Now so that's according to Lee Fork. Now um and then, you know, if you just want to look at something else, Moonstone has um has him No, no, that's not right. So according to Team Phantom, um he married four women. The first being Alina which was yeah, um
2: mentioned in the story.
1: Yeah. And the fourth was an English woman of simple descent named Anne or Anne. Anne, Anne yes. Yeah. Um, and then in fifteen sixty nine, he went to Italy, which I'm assuming is Venice, and it's Felicia. She's
2: not mentioned. And
1: then she, okay, she died. Now, a couple. There's a couple of stories that she is made mention of. They're not. I don't think they're published by Frew yet. Um. And then, um, and then of course you've got the fact that his Phantom ran off to play Juliet, became an actor. So you know that's the other thing about the second Phantom. So now I think um, I can't remember why, from memory, why Team Phantom Man has him marrying different women. Um, and I, I like I said I hadn't read this story, so I don't know if the this story actually covers it or not. But I think there was a reason. I think there was a reason. I think a little bit of it had to do with the fact of Lee Fork. They were trying to, like, get them together. And I think, and I know this has happened with other phantoms, like 10 men will write a story about a phantom's wife, and then a couple of years later Lee Fork actually wrote a story about that phantom marrying someone else differently and so they've tried to get the family tree as as close to possible with with the two universes being merged together now i think that's got a lot to do with it um but yeah i i haven't read the story and i haven't even read those other stories like where felicia uh felicia has was felicia, mentioned yeah. yeah or even Alina. um you know i, I don't know anything about Damn either. So, which is the Phantom the the fourth wife that she married? Which one's that one? In that uh, story? the
2: fourth wife is Anne.
1: Anne. Yeah. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah. Didn't isn't there um, another fandom where he's had a couple of wives as well? Like that's happened a few times. I'm sure that there's at least one other. Um, or maybe I dreamt it. No, I'm, I'm sure there's at least one other that's. Uh, I want to say the sixteenth, but I don't think that's right. Um, I
1: think it's the same thing. Like, mm. do you remember the Phantom Cowboys story? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I think it's that one from memory, and I'm going off memory, and um, you know. So again, the best thing I'll suggest people to do if this if this perks an interest is go onto Fan and Wiki and have a um have a read what they've. They've done it quite well in the fact that they've actually kept it in different universes, so they haven't tried to merge it all together. They've got, according to Team Phantom Men, this is what happened with this Phantom. According to Lee Falk, this is what happened with this Phantom. So it it, it kind of splits it and then allows you to kind of merge it together. It lists the stories where he's mentioned as well, so you you can kind of get all with that as well. Um, So... I think it was the sixteenth, and I think what happened is the Phantom uh, was married to someone. I think it was Flame was the storyline. Um, uh, yeah. I don't know if anyone remember that one. Most people remember it because she she was in her 90s she had long red hair, and she after going for a swim, as you do, she walked onto the uh, on the ship and. She, Basically, you could see everything, and there wasn't much left to the imagination, and the phantom was a bit embarrassed and, and the stuff like that. Most people remember that about the story. Um, but, you know, so I think that, that story was written, and then Lee Fork wrote The Phantom Cowboy, which had him marrying Annie, which was a daughter of a cattle farmer. Mm. So I think that's what has happened in that Um but, yeah, that's probably the best way I can describe it.
0: Fair enough. Cool. So, yeah, continue is a bit of a problem, I suppose, after all. <laughs> but, anyway. All right, well, um, is there anything else you want to say about that final issue there,
2: Steve? No, no, I'll let you guys read it and enjoy it.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. So, what do we think of um, Hans Lindell's uh, retirement? Are we going to be sad to see him go, or...?
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah, his art is brilliant, isn't it? It's just amazing. It has. It's it's, it's, really it's cool. um
1: evolved over the years as well. Yeah,
0: it's funny because you know you were saying earlier, Jermaine, um, when you talk about Lee Falk Phantom, you you know Cy Barry is usually the the artist that everyone always thinks of. For Egmont stuff, for me, it's always been Rindal's art. Yeah. Um, probably because he was doing a lot when I first started reading, but also his <laughs> art is just so impressive. It really sticks with you. It's very it's very powerful.
1: Well, um, some of the best Egmont stories, and probably even the best phantom stories, you know, you're looking at, I don't know if you've ever read The Devil's Brotherhood, um, The Beanstalk, yeah. Um, yeah, The, the right, Rose yeah. of Carrier, The Slaves Railway, Eden. Um, Golem, Death in the East End, The Iron Mask, um, Election in Bengali, yeah. The King of Chicago, uh, the oh, setup. Oh, that's the one where he flips the car. Yeah, that's yeah. brilliant.
2: That. That's just a um, scene that always sticks with
1: me. That one. Uh, the setup, um, Death of Lubunga, The Ghost that Died Twice. Um, I'm just, you know, just rattling off some of the stories that he's written. Um... You know, that Johnny Hotwire, he's done the Johnny Hotwire ones, The King of Norway, um, Temple of Gods. Uh, he's done a, a whole heap of like like um, the Dogger da, uh, Singh one, The Chaos in Cyberspace, and yeah. you know, the Cyberspace yeah. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they were divisive, know. weren't they? <laughs> yeah. So, according to Fandom Wiki, he's done 99 stories. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I think
0: all of those have been published by Fru as well, haven't they?
1: Um I think the majority of them have. I think they um but I think they have like and just looking at it in so best stories, right? So let's just look at who's awards for a little bit, just to celebrate who he is. So in so he his just in Sweden, because I think this has just got Sweden, um He's in 1983, 85, 88, 95, 96, 97, 98, 2000, 2010, 2011, and 2012. His stories were voted the best. Uh, They do have Norway. Norway, best stories in Norway, 96. 86, 88, 93, 96, 2000, 2005, 2007, 2009, 2010, and 2012. And then there's a whole heap of years that he's done, like, the best covers as well. Yeah.
0: He's he's one hell of a prolific artist, isn't he?
1: Mm. And he, he's been writing stories
0: as well. Yeah, yeah. He's I, – I think he's probably one of – you know when you talk, you talk about Sly Barry and Ray Moore and all that I think you could fairly easily put Hans Lindahl up there with those guys pretty safely yeah. like I don't think there'd be anyone that would dis you know um distrib- not distribute, that's not the right word but argue his importance to to the Phantom um history
2: yeah yeah you just go through his you know his work and all all the stories are familiar. you Yeah know them. Yeah, as soon
0: as you read the titles, you sort of, you know, you can picture, um, like you were saying, Steve, where he's sleeping in the car, or a scene similar to that in pretty much every story.
1: Hmm. Oh, Aaron was another one that he did. I don't know if people remember that story.
0: Yeah, I, I remember that. That's that's a good story. That. He's um. Oh, I've never seen this before. There's a picture that he did of um, Mandrake the Magician. That's pretty cool. That's a nice <laughs> image. Um. But yeah, he he's a fantastic artist. It's definitely going to be a shame that we um we may never see his artwork. You know, he might do the odd cover or something for Phantom. Men. Um, yeah.
1: But so yeah. the guy uh, uh, Thomas kind of let people know about it, and he may mention that there's going to be two Phantom art, two new Phantom artists that are going to be introduced to take over his workload.
2: So wow. his, that's.
1: <laughs> I guess that's a Give good uh, idea. yeah, good idea of just how prolific he is, and what a big hole he is going to be leaving,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely and it's it's such a shame too, because with with the um Scandinavian covers being in all colour and everything, his artwork was so beautiful in colour, it's gonna be a shame not to not to see that anymore, mm. And I love—I always love the way he drew Diana as well because she was still beautiful, but she wasn't, um, you know, ridiculous in in the way that, quote unquote, some American <laughs> comic artist drew. Like she was obviously a woman that's, you know, in her thirties or something, but she she looked yeah, very real. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. Or as um Amy Farrah Fowler used to put it from Big Bang Theory, um, we'd be able to use the bosoms as flotation devices. <laughs>
0: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so it's um yeah he he's his artwork is great it's great All right well, um, I suppose we'll move on to the newest dynamite issues, which is of course um uh, king phantom issue one and we've also got king uh mandrake issue one um have you guys both read this or these yes. uh, yep well, let's start with the Phantom one. Um, so this, uh, for those that may not know, takes <laughs> place pretty much directly after um, King's Watch. So Lothar is currently wearing the Phantom costume. He's trying to find out who um, the next person in the actual Phantom lineage is. Um, but at the same time, he's also trying to figure out what it means to, to be the Phantom as well. Um I found this a really interesting story, that whole idea of someone coming in, trying to live up to the Phantom legend who doesn't really have any experience over what he's heard, um, you know, in in the outside world, the whispers and rumors about the Phantom, of, except, of course, you know, the big versing Ming thing. That was really his first experience with the Phantom. And you could tell through reading the story that Lothar was very impressed with whoever that guy may have been that was in the tights at the time. So I think it's quite an interesting look at not only the the fandom from an outsider's perspective, but just how important the fandom is as an actual character as well. Um, I, I really enjoyed this issue. What did you guys think of it?
2: Um, I'll um, let you go first, Steve. Yeah, um, yeah I really enjoyed it um, as well. Um, I'm wondering when, when the next issue's out on... Um, He's at a crisis point. You know, what's he going to do next? Yeah. It's, it's the old, you know, the old cereals. You know, let, well, he's not hanging off a, off a cliff or anything like that. But you want to see how they're going to get out of this mess. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it's great. And um, it's you know, it's definitely a different um, version to you know what we're used to in in and and what have you and you know, traditional Phantom, for lack of a better word. Um, but I like this. As a its own separate universe, you know, as its own offshoot, or whatever you want to call it, I like it.
0: Yeah. So, what about you, Jermaine? You um, you've always been kind of umming and ahhing about the idea of Lothar as a phantom. So, how did you? Yeah.
1: I, I guess the concept on still sitting on the fence, mm-hmm. but when it comes to the story, I really enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. The you know the way they did it. You know the fandom has got his little sidekick. Um, you know it's very American. You know it's a, you know it's a le- it's a legacy kind of like a reboot type of thing. You've got your little sidekick and you know who's your nerd and. Um, but, yeah, but I, I thought it, I think it works quite well, um, and I like that the fact that. You know, and I know nothing about the writer, but it seems like he's done his research and he is respecting the character, uh, if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Mm. And there um, was a few little nods as well for people that know the fandom well to to pick up in there, which I thought was good. Um, I'd have to go and grab the issue <laughs> to find out to to find out what page exactly they're on, but you know, there's a few little things you could pick up and go, oh yeah, that's a nice little Easter egg type thing. So. That's always good. If a, if a writer's throwing stuff like that in there, you know they've done their homework.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, so I've, I think they've done a great. I think they've done a good job. Um, I would like the issues to be released
2: a little bit quicker. <laughs> I think we're all in that <laughs> boat. <button. laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going into town next weekend. I want to make sure it's there at the comic shop. Really good. Because,
1: like for instance, I think Jungle Jim's as they've Jungle Jim and Flash have both got their second issues released, and the fan was like the first one. With Flash, uh, they've got released. Mm. And, and, and it's kind of like, you know, they're just making us wait. And it's like, and you don't know if it's got anything to do with the uh, copyright walls um, <laughs> or not, but you would hope that they could kind of stick to a, a pattern, a pattern which we can kind of maybe get them once a month, which is, you know, then we can hurry up and read them.
0: Yeah, well, we've got more on that subject in a minute, but we'll get to that when we get to the Hermes <laughs> issues. Um, so is there anything else anyone wants to say about the Phantom before we move on to Mandrake?
2: I, I like the last page. Just, um, I don't know, it might be a little cliche thing, but the way they've done Lothar in the dark and his eyes just, I really like that. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's some really nice art in in that issue, which nicely brings me to Mandrake. Um,
2: <laughs> there's nothing nice about that.
0: The artwork. Well, it Well, there there is. The artwork in Mandrake, um, again, like the Phantom, it follows on pretty much directly from King's Watch. Um, The artwork, though, is I I don't really know how to describe. I think in any other book, and Stephen, you and I sort of had this conversation on Facebook, I think in pretty much any other book, it would be fine. But the fact that it's in Mandrake, it
2: just doesn't work. It's It's not a Mandrake. Art.
0: No, if if I saw this artwork in Spider-Man, in Rocket Raccoon, in one of those quirky type of character stories, yeah, totally fine. But in Mandrake, no, it do- it doesn't work at all. It, it doesn't just doesn't
2: look like Mandrake. You, you get sucked in by the cover. Crikey, that's a good cover. It's yeah. Mandrake. They're going to do this really well. Yeah. You open them up. And you got the the flashback sequence. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting way of doing the flashback sequence. Had that stylish stylistic in the art and, and what have you. And oh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Mm. Oh, hang on, they're doing the whole comic like this. Yeah. And yeah, Mandrake doesn't look like Mandrake. And no. As mu- as good as the story is, I couldn't get past it. Yeah. I, I... It looks like looks like a boy with um. Yeah it, looks, yeah, it looks like... Yeah. yeah
0: like, like I'm not dissing the artist as such. I think the artist is but. fine. He, he does a good job. It's just the style is wrong. And not only is it mm. wrong for the character, it's wrong for the book because they make mention that Mandrake is... They don't actually give an age, but they make mention that he is old. And the only sure. reason he looks 40s, 50s is because he's been using some sort of magic to keep himself looking younger. So he's old. He's worn out. The story is actually... Fairly dark, and the artwork yeah, oh, just yeah. not suit at all. Like, it, it's almost like they thought, right oh, we're going to get this person to do the art, and then that person dropped out, and they just went, oh, shit, who, who are we going to get? Who are we going to get? And they just grabbed whoever was available, because the artwork and the story are just two complete polar opposites. And it's so disruptive to reading the book. Like you said, Stephen, the story is great. But oh, it, the artwork.
2: Are, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I loved it. Loved every bit of the story. But the artwork just does not match it. And that's, hmm. you know, if you're going to do a comic well, you yeah, you have to have good writing and you have to have good art. But the art and the writing needs to have a certain amount of synchronicity. You don't do a dark story like this and have quirky, funny, you Definitely know, dark
2: art. yeah, that's almost something.
0: yeah, exactly Disney style artwork. It's just but, yeah. yeah,
2: but not taking away from the the artwork is great. It's fantastic. It doesn't suit the comic.
0: Yeah, that's it's it's like, um, our international audiences may not know know of this, but it's like if you got the guy um, Murray Bull who does the Footrot Flats strip <laughs> to write a Phantom's to draw a Phantom story. <laughs> His artwork is brilliant, but it would not work in a Phantom story, and it's a, it's that sort of thing. It's just, and it's such a shame because those two things on their own are wonderful, but they just don't work together.
1: So, mm. you've been quite there, same, yeah. you know? What do you think? Um, to, to be truthfully honest, I, I don't mind it. Um, but I guess what I actually like better about this is, you know, I'm not much of an artist. I'll stay out of that, to be <laughs> honest. I'm, again, I'm on the fence. I love the concept of Nadia cheating on the family, on the Mandrake. Like, there has to be a reason behind it. Um, you know, there has to be something behind it. And I can't wait to actually find out what that reason is. Um, and then we were talking about Easter eggs before. I don't know if you've noticed, but um, uh, the poster of Mandrake Returns, the photo is Lee Fork.
2: Yeah, and, I did see that.
1: And then yep. the second photo is M. Lamming, which I think is the... Um, uh, I think he was the artist of King's Watch. Mm. Um, I can't get over that chick wearing the bubbles. Um, <laughs> Lady Gaga. <laughs> is that what it is? Well, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just kind of like. I, I think. <laughs>
0: i I think it's supposed to be you know a, a riff on her, maybe not her specifically, but I think they're poking fun at her basically.
2: Yeah, it's just um, the
1: celebrities. You know, yeah. Yeah, the and then just, I love on the. I love the nod to uh Tintin. I don't yeah. know if you saw that, uh, where they're stealing the stuff around the world, and you've got New Zealand, and you've you know got the little you know the broken um what is it called the, the uh, broken um, ear broken ear yeah the idol was a broken ear yeah um so you know I love that as well um, but yeah it's it's a, it's a great story um it's a great story indeed
0: yeah and it's interesting that 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 demon thing that he was talking to a little bit in King's Watch, we're f- I think we're finally going to get to see what that is about because it, um, and, you mm. know, spoilers for anyone that hasn't read it, but it possesses that girl that breaks into his um, mansion at the end. So I think we finally might be finding out what that's all about, which is, I'm really excited to, to see what that
1: what comes of that. So, like I've read all of this. I've read, so I've read two parts of... So I've read all the issues of this King series. Yeah, and you know, to 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 be absolutely fair when it comes to all of them, the one that probably there's two that probably have caught my attention more, and that would have to be Mandrake and uh, Jungle Jim. Mm. Like um, the Flash, to be truthfully honest, it balls me to tears. (laughs) <laughs> I I've, I've stopped reading after issue. I I stopped reading halfway through issue two. I'm probably going to still buy them because you know in the in case there's the Phantom mentioned and stuff. Um, but you know Jungle Jim, I really enjoy Jungle Jim, and I really enjoy the first issue of Mandrake the, the Magician. The Phantom's good. It's probably my third favorite. But um, you know just I guess just talking about the whole series as an overall, some of the yeah. stories are really good.
0: So, it, it's maybe a little bit hard to say at the moment because at most there are only two issues in. But do you feel at the moment, Jermaine, that you need to read each of the individual se- series or are they fairly much self contained with the odd mention here and there?
1: At the moment, they're fairly self contained with the odd mention. Like um, uh, Mandrake, you've got Lothar in there. Um, I think from memory, it even mentions that, you know, we don't know, you know, got. They kind of question where Lothar is. Yeah. Um, Jungle Jim actually has an image of um, him reading the Phantom comics. <laughs> and good, he was saying that, um, you know, that he was a larrikin and that he was reading the Phantom and decided to change his life because of reading the Phantom. <laughs> um, so, you know, there, there's, there's, there's kind of like that. Jungle Jim is a really light comic. Mm. Um, so it's, it's quite interesting. Uh, half the time he's running around naked as well. So it sounds <laughs> it's a rather it's a really bizarre read, <laughs> but it's it's um it's it's quite interesting.
0: Oh, Cool. Nice. It's, well, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying them. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing where it all goes. I just I just wish yeah. they'd been more careful with that mandrake cart. Um,
2: yeah. I'm just having another look at the art, and there's a, there are a couple little you know, Easter eggs, for lack of a better word. Um, there's a nod there to Super Mario. Oh, where's is there? Wally. I missed that. Yeah. Um, where's Wally? Looks like, um, Prince, or Ooh. as formerly known as Prince. I'm, yeah, I'm just, as you're there talking, I'm having a look. Looks like John and Yoko.
0: Yeah, I noticed that one.
2: Yeah. But, um, yeah, there, there are some nice little tidbits there. The, yeah. the style, like you said, Mandrake doesn't look like Mandrake. But the art is, is good art. Yeah. It's just, and yeah.
0: Yeah, we we do want to emphasise that we're not dissing the artist in any way. It's just the matchup.
2: Oh, yeah, it's it is it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you read it, and every time you read it, you find something new. You're gonna find great. something
2: else now. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Well, and I um... think that's
1: yeah. All right, let's move on. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> right. Well, let's move on to uh, Hermes Phantom issue one and two has come out now. Unfortunately. Um, this has been all but confirmed by Salvoluto, the artist. The book is basically going to be bi-monthly from now on. So for the last, uh, is it four or five issues they're doing? Five, isn't
1: it? I don't know. It's it's, it's a real def- it was a real like deflating when you read that. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah. So for the for anyway for the at the least next, you know now. Yes, that's true. For the next lot of issues, it's going to be, for all intents and purposes, it's going to be a bi-monthly comic, which. Oh yeah, I'm with you, Jermaine. I'm so disappointed
1: because <laughs> well, I would rather they pushed it back six months, get all the story art done, and then release it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Re- release it as a graphic novel, just one bang done. Oh, I understand
1: why you have the single issues and stuff because you yeah. know for sales and all that type of stuff.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be but waiting, on the shelf waiting yeah.
1: two, three months just. For a fan who just wants to read a story, because the story is great. Oh, it's wonderful, isn't it? Absolutely. So should we wonderful. talk about issue first? One first? Yeah, let's, let's let's tackle them in order. So, issue
0: one, yes. Which I'm going to have to try and remember now. It's been that long since I read it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's great, isn't it? The characterization of the Phantom, the characterization of Diana, it's just, it's so spot on. It could have been written by Lee Fork. Like Peter David has done such an amazing job. Hmm. It's just yeah, I, I could I can't say enough about how good the
1: story is. Yeah, he's, he's, he's done a very good job. I I like like the um the story inside the story like mm. you know like um you know like Diana having a bit of a cheap shot at Graham and you know and and you got to remember that Graham's probably like a you know he's like a brother to both of them really so that's yeah. uh, that's that's why Diana would have a bit of a, a dig at Graham because. They they are that close, it's, you know. It's not it's like sibling
2: rivalry again. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's sibling
1: rivalry, and you know, I'm sure you know we've all got stories when you dating, a younger brother comes along, and I say, oh, just go away. I want to spend time with my girl here. You know, so there is that that natural play.
0: Yeah, and, and it's wonderful the interaction between the characters to see that he's taken that much care to to get that in there. It's brilliant, and um, <laughs> well, we'll wait until. I can't actually remember if it was the first or the second issue, but um, I, I'm pretty sure it's the second, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so, yeah, it, did you guys think it was a good um, first issue, you know, both as a fan and possibly as someone that had never read the Phantom before? Do you think it, it worked on both of those levels? Or
1: I think it works better if you are a fan of the Phantom. Yeah, I agree. Um, that. What do you think, Steve?
2: I haven't read it. Sorry, really after you know, it, it, it took, it was too hard to to get into the shops or whatever, so I'll just wait for the, the paperback on that one. Oh, well, we
0: better be careful of what you say then. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> because
0: That's, issue two has
2: some huge spoilers in it. Uh, yeah, is it uh, present day or is it set in the past? Present day. Present day. Present yeah. day. Oh, it's it's, a, like, I had all intentions of, of, um, of getting it, but, um, yeah, it, um, you can longer, go, I just, fault. Well, yeah, I've thought about that now, and after, I'm in the process of moving house, so once that's all sorted, uh, yeah. Then yeah. I'll, Excuses, <laughs>
0: excuses,
2: aren't they? <laughs> well, the good thing about moving house is now, instead of being an hour and a half or an hour and 40 minutes from the comic shop, I'll be 10 or 15 minutes from the comic shop. <laughs> it would be that, great. That is a good move. <laughs> is a good move. Oh, does your wife know about that? <laughs> They, Shh. Don't tell us you want to move again. I put myself in the garage so she can't hear me. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll have to um, try and avoid spoilers in for, for Steve. But um, I think it's
1: worth getting. Yeah, um, definitely. Even if you're a new fan, it's nothing. It's not like you're not going to read it. And even with issue two, which is even got, which has got some huge Easter eggs in it. Oh yeah. You're not going to miss out on anything if you are a new fan.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really great stuff. I think it's um, one of those things that if you are a new fan, you'd never read the fanon before, you would enjoy it. If you're a fan, have been a fan for um, a certain amount of time, there'll be little things that just make it that little bit better. Yes,
1: yes.
2: So
0: it's, it's pre-knowledge isn't necessary, but if you do have it, you're going to enjoy it even more. Yeah. Um, so, to avoid spoilers, because I don't want to spoil Steve and anyone that hasn't read it, um, I'm going to be fairly vague here, but the basically the guy that's set up as the villain of the piece um, from the first issue, uh, he's on the front cover of the second issue, so it, it's no um, spoiler to, to say what he looks like or anything. When you find out who he is, it's really cool and then when you find out
1: whose wife is
0: who his wife is, that was amazing
1: <laughs> that, but, was, that was like huge
0: yeah, it, it turns out that he is someone that the Phantom and Diana know, have known previously, um, I won't say who it is because um, I don't want to spoil it but he's changed a little bit so they don't recognize him straight away, anyway there is this interplay between Diana and this character and the Phantom and the Phantom actually gets jealous Oh, and he gets that, really oh, jealous. He gets really jealous. And that is one of the best <laughs> moments in any Phantom comic I think I've ever read because it is just so funny
2: to oh, see. I not wait. I'm going to have to go get it now, right? Eh? Oh, <laughs> yeah. really... like, seriously,
1: go on to au. If anyone who hasn't been able to get it into Australia, yeah. you, there's, there's au, and I believe there's comicshelf.com.au or .com um i know those two places sell it and online and you don't you know even if you're only after the the normal issue it won't cost you an arm or leg. i think you could probably get them delivered to you for like ten dollars under ten dollars for for each issue and if you get the two it's you know you could probably get them you might even be able to get them for like 20 bucks or or something maybe even 18 for including shipping
0: if you're familiar with your classic Lee Falk phantom stories, which I assume the majority of the people listening to this podcast will be, you will really, really enjoy this story. It,
1: yeah. It, if you enjoyed it, yeah. the Band and the first story, you will, you, you will love the Easter eggs. Oh
0: yeah, it's just the the <laughs> second issue, literally, Steve. The second issue, just going,
2: what, what? This is awesome. <laughs> All right, you've sold me, so Right? <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: it's it's really good. Um, so I I cannot wait to see where this thing goes. And, and yeah, it's so disappointing that it's now bi-monthly because we have to wait longer. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those books that as soon as you finish the issue, you want the next one straight away. It's it's that yeah. Good. It's that good. And I guess
1: with having all those little Easter eggs and all that, it, it, it shows that Peter David, as a writer, one, is a good writer because, like what you said, you know, you, you were eagerly wanting to read the next issue mm. and he's put in all those Easter eggs. So he either has done a lot of research or is a fan, or there's a little bit of both.
0: Well, well uh, we, know, we know he's a fan because um, when he did the DC series, he, uh, the, the original mini, um, he was a fan then, and he's been wanting to re- tell this story for a long, long time and for whatever reason hasn't been able to.
2: Hmm. Um,
0: so, yeah, he, no, he's definitely a fan. He said so in interviews and things like that, and I think it's been fairly well established in his writing that he, that he knows the character very well. Yeah. Um, and, and his history.
2: What's so the, what's the size of the book? Like, is it as small as the the, the King ones, or is it as like a fruit? Yeah, uh, yeah, of? it is.
0: It, it's a very it's a very quick read, um, but that's not to say there's not a lot in it. Um, especially if you take your time to look at the artwork um, as well as you know just read it generally, you'll pick a lot of stuff up. But yeah, it doesn't take you long to read an issue, which is is kind of a shame because. But only in the in the fact that you just want more of it.
1: Yeah. But no, I think it's I think it's it's worth picking up. Um, I don't think it's one that you wait for the trade, paperback. Unless, you know, you're you know, in Australia and New Zealand you can pick it up fairly cheaply and fairly easy. Um, but you know, if you're some far flung place and it's really, really hard and it's just easy getting a trade, you know, I understand that. But if you're an Australian and even if your comic book store can't get it there are, you know, there's there's those two ways that we um uh, that we mentioned, and, and you know they are.
0: And Kings Comics in Sydney can get it. I've been getting my issues yeah. through them. I don't think they can get all the variants, but they can definitely get at least the regular issues. So
1: so you should be fine if Phantom that's all you If Phantom Fault does the variants, so uh, yeah. including. The other thing that I really like, I will make mention and, you know, we don't want to sound like we're plugging or we're getting paid for it. Um, but <laughs> We're definitely not getting paid for it. Do <laughs> um, you have to give Founders Vault a nod in the sense that they're bringing out Australian, um, you're getting Australian artists to actually do a variant cover for the, you know, for issue two, three, four and five?
0: Yeah. So you've got Glenn Ford, you've got Lindsay Walker. Um, who's
1: been on the first podcast.
0: Yep. She was on the first podcast, um, and I'm totally blanking on the other artists. That's really I think mad. it's
1: Antonio Lemos.
0: Oh, yes, of course, Antonio's doing one.
1: Um, and then I think there might be one or two, uh, I think there might be one other or something. But, you know, I, I think it's pretty cool that you're having, um, you know, Australian <laughs> artists, you know, you're giving them a bit of a plug, and, and you, know, uh, you know, you're generating some interest and in getting them involved. So I, I think that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's it is really cool, and I it's a shame because you know at, at the moment being school holidays, I'm not getting any work, so I don't have the extra money to buy them. But I would love to get those those Australian covers, um, even even if they release them as posters or something, because surely they must have the like Phantom's Vault must have the rights to produce reproduce the artwork. So even if they were able to make them as posters, you know, I'd be happy to buy them that way because they'd well, arguably be cheaper, and you know, I'm. You know, if the same price, they'd be at least bigger. So, yeah. They're, they're not really... that expensive,
1: either. No, the they're The 9 Ford one on Phantom's Vault is $6.35, excluding GST.
0: Yeah. So, that's about the price of what you pay for the comic normally, anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: you're not paying anything extra for it. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's really cool. They've done a wonderful job promoting that this series. It's just great. So, yeah, if you haven't read it yet, make sure you get there and check it out because it's really, really Okay, cool. yeah. So the only
1: ones that have been mentioned are Glenn Ford, Antonio Lemos, and Lindsay Walker, and then it says, and others. Yeah. So it may even be, remember those posters that released a couple of, um uh, about six months, eight months ago, which had Glenn Ford, Lindsay Walker, Matt, uh, Matt I um, can't remember his name, and then there was another, there was about four or five of them. Mm-hmm. So it may be them.
0: Yeah. And they're really nice. The guys have done a done a good job on the artwork too. I, I really like Glenn's. Um, they don't have a picture of Lindsay's on here, but I did see hers um, maybe in a promotional thing somewhere, and hers is quite nice as well. So, yeah. Yeah. They are, they're good stuff. They're good stuff. But, um, yeah, we're probably annoyed Stephen enough talking about that. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, chomping at the bit to, to go have a look at it now
0: Yeah, no, it, it, they're definitely worth picking up um, I will say though, if you are the type of person that doesn't like waiting two months between issues It might be better to wait for the trade if you're not, you know Because I know for some people it does really bother them, which is completely understandable You um, might be better to wait for the inevitable trade But if you can stand the wait between issues, it's definitely worth getting the the single issues it's Definitely. great stuff it's great stuff right well um i think we should probably wrap the we'll Hermit wrap stuff up almost, there.
1: yeah
0: and we've been going for almost two hours so people are probably <laughs> wanting to get on with their day Right, guys well um anything else we want to cover just before we before we finish up
2: um no i've, right. I've, I've had a good phantom month or you know the last couple of weeks i've been able to get some back issues um and I've picked up the, the colour change mug, it's, it's been good. Have you used it? No.
0: Yeah, I, I got in trouble just from opening it, so. <laughs> I,
2: I haven't told anyone that I've bought it yet, so it's a birthday <laughs> coming up, just in case they tend to buy me another one, and then I'll use that. Fair enough, fair enough.
1: Uh, for your sake, I really hope your wife doesn't listen to me. <laughs>
0: Uh, we'll just keep it in the pocket just in case we need to blackmail him anytime. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, um, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you to everybody who listened. Thank you again, Stephen Germain, for joining me. Um, Hello, oh, no thanks for having me. Of course. And as always, you can check out the main Chronicle Chamber website at com. You can find us on a multitude of social network places such as Facebook at. Uh, the Phantom Collector Group, on the Chronicle Chamber Phantom fan page. We're on Google Plus under Phantom Fan Page. or on Twitter at Chronicle underscore Tweet. And that's it. I've covered them all. So if you want to email us or contact us, use any of those social media outlets or email at ChronicleChamber at gmail.com. All right, well, that'll do us for this episode. Next episode is going to be something very special, so I hope you join us for that as well. All right, uh, everyone, see you later.
1: See ya. Have a good one.